As uh, some of you might remember, I worked as a high school English teacher for a few years before I went to seminary. And one of my favorite works of literature to teach was Geoffrey Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. Now, for those of you who did not have an especially captivating English teacher and fell asleep in class, let me refresh your memory about that story. It's about a group of pilgrims on their way to Canterbury in medieval England. And they decide to pass the time on their way on their pilgrimage by telling stories to each other, by entertaining each other. And there's a little prize for the winner, who the, the one who tells the best story gets a free meal at the end of the pilgrimage. And as a reader, you find out quite quickly that not all of these pilgrims are so pious. And so it's a really beautiful and interesting example of Chaucer's ability to, to study and to describe all kinds of different personalities, all kinds of different people. And I was thinking to myself, the Canterbury Tales should probably be required reading for seminarians too, because 650 years later, things are not much different. We still have a church that's full of so many different personalities and so many different motivations. When you think about it, it's true that people come to church for all different kinds of reasons. These reasons are not necessarily mutually exclusive. For example, probably all of us come to church for a social connection, right? Because that's a real human need to have community, to have friendships, to have social connections as we have here. Some come to hear our beautiful choir. Some come to hear a little bit of the Greek language. Some come to receive Holy Communion. Some come to light a candle. They might stay, they might go. Some come only at Christmas and Easter. Some come to stand in front of an icon and pray. People come to church for all different kinds of reasons. But some of those reasons are more closely aligned with the purpose of this place than others. Some of those reasons are more closely aligned with the reason that Christ came to earth, which we heard today in the epistle reading was to save sinners, was to save sinners. Now that word sinner in English has a really intensely negative connotation. But in Greek, the word for sin is a little cleaner and a little more focused on its real meaning because in Greek, it just describes a reality. The word in Greek for sin is amartia, amartia, which literally means to miss the mark, to miss the target, to miss the goal. And what is the mark? What is the target? What is the goal? It's keeping the commandments of God and practicing virtue as we hear in the Beatitudes. That's the mark. That's the target. That's the goal. When we're dealing with youth, a lot of times priests use uh, archery to teach this lesson. We use bows and arrows and targets or more practically dartboards. That's what that word really means. And so I want, to, I want you to think again about that statement. The reason Christ came into the world is to save sinners, to save amartolus, those who miss the mark. Because all of us miss the mark. All of us. All of us are human. None of us are perfect. But you know, sometimes we can respond to this reality in different ways. And I can think of at least three ways that are not so healthy 
And a fourth way that's a lot healthier. This is a, not a comprehensive list, okay? First way is that we give up. And some of these people go off the deep end, they become wild and crazy like the prodigal, they you know, go off and party and live a debauched life, and we pray that they repent someday and come back. The second response that I think is unhealthy is, I think, the most dangerous one, and that is that we justify ourselves. We make excuses. And we say, I'm not perfect, no one can keep all those commandments, but you know, eh, I'm good enough. I'm doing all right. Yeah, I may not come to church every Sunday, but I come once a month. That's okay, right? I may not give, you know, 5% of my income, but I'm giving 2%. You know, that's good, right? And we make excuses or we justify ourselves, and, and, and that's, a, that's a really slippery slope, I think, really, and really dangerous. A third response that we sometimes have is the people who beat themselves up. There are people out there who beat themselves up for something that it's impossible for them to do. They beat themselves up because they don't keep the commandments perfectly. You're not making yourself any more endearing to God by beating yourself up. So there's a fourth option that I want to share with you today and encourage you to do. And that is, when you notice the gap between your life and the mark, between your life and God's commandments, between your life and the practice of the virtues, don't ignore that. Don't ignore the feeling of shame that you might have. Don't ignore that feeling that you are being controlled by some kind of a passion, like uh, anger or gluttony or lust or depression, whatever it is. Don't ignore it. Do something with it. And the thing you should do with it is to confess the sin, to confess the gap. But I want you not to ignore it. So even if you can't go to confession, even if you can't go receive confession, at least do this. Go to your room and close the door and stand in front of the icon of Christ and confess to the and confess to Christ. It's not as good as confessing in the presence of another person, not as good as confessing in the presence of a priest, but it's something. Don't let that feeling, that awareness of the gap pass. So there's a saying that close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Well, since hand grenades are not holy, as Monty Python knows quite well. Let's say instead, close really counts in horseshoes and holiness. Close really counts in horseshoes and holiness. So I encourage you to strive with God's help to get as close as you can to the mark. And when we fall, which is every day, Ask him for his grace and forgiveness so that you can get a little bit closer next time. And remember, we sing a beautiful hymn in the liturgy, One is holy, one is Lord, Jesus Christ, to the glory of God the Father, amen. And it's helpful for us to remember that one is holy, but he came to save all of us who miss the mark every day.